This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Road to Retirement. Tony Marlette Jr. here at Brookside Tax and Financial with our friend Tony Shore out in Minneapolis. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Anthony or Tony. I, we're both Tonys. Anthony, <laughs> would, uh, Anthony would be fine or yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Tony. It's great to be here with you. You can never have too many Tonys, as I, I always know. say. We do always say that. And our fearless leader, Chris, is uh, he's off gallivanting, uh, doing a little traveling before tax season hits and he gets really busy, right? Yes, he is. He's uh, he was in Vegas last week, as you know, obviously. Uh, or at a big financial conference. A couple of weeks ago, yeah, at a financial yeah. conference, uh, you guys ran into each other, and yeah, he headed out to Florida to golf. I understand he's a good golfer. I always, you know, when people are golfing, I always just kind of default to they're attempting to golf. But I heard Chris is a pretty good golfer. I've heard he's a really good golfer. Uh, he's a scratch golfer. He knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah. He he's he's a good one. That's what I've heard as well. But I don't golf either. So I've tried, and I I I really want. I would like to golf, and uh, I think I enjoy it. I like dry, going out to the driving range. But I'm so bad. Yeah. Uh, I slice the right every time, and I either you have. The time and money to spend and, and to to golf and you golf all the time or you don't golf. I mean, it's not something you can just do once a year. No, absolutely not. And I mean, I like going just for the aspect of being outside, taking advantage of the nice weather when you can. Driving around in the golf cart, you know, golfing a few holes in the morning and yeah, and, or even at, at night before it gets too dark. But yeah, it is really. Um, it is really, you got to, you got to kind of be all in or all out on it. Yeah, you kind of do. I I would agree with that. And speaking about all in, uh, talking about that, our topic today, you, you said you wanted to talk about inflation. Uh-oh. Yeah, this, is, uh, this is a rough one. We talk a lot about inflation on our shows and sure. market updates and basically every meeting I have with clients and we have with our <laughs> clients here and you talk to advisors across the country on a weekly basis, I'm, I'm positive they do the same thing. Oh yeah. What, what I want to get into is just kind of looking at how we got here. So I think for a lot of people, they, they know these things and myself included, like you know how these things happen, but you apply some context to it and you can actually see it working. You can actually see things the way that you read about it or, or, or the way that people tell you to interpret the data. So I want to take a look back here, and I mentioned to you yesterday, uh, this this one might be a little hairy. Neither you or I are obviously political pundits, and we're, we're not looking for jobs on CNN or Fox <laughs> News or anything. No. But, you know, when you talk about inflation, you have to talk about the economy. We talk about COVID. And when any of those things uh, come in, there is going to be a political piece of this that's going to that's gonna collide. Uh, well, well, sure. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it involves the government 
that's for sure. And uh, they get involved in our economy. Obviously, the U.S. economy and the U.S. government goes go hand in hand, and therefore politics enters into it. Uh, I thought the first topic when you said we're talking about inflation, I assumed we would spend the entire show talking about the price of eggs, because that seems to be that seems to be a hot topic. Uh, it's such a hot topic that wasn't there an investigation launched. Yes. Uh, into the price of eggs, of all things. Speaking of government, yeah, Congress, uh, they, they say they're do-nothing Congress, but, boy, they're going to look into that those egg prices. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, man. <laughs> and they're going to investigate Ticketmaster. So, oh, right, yeah. Thank you, Taylor Swift, right? It's amazing how, uh, how much pull some people have. Yeah, it, it is interesting. So, uh, but yeah, obviously, um, people need to understand it because it's really affecting people's finances, especially if people are planning for retirement or in retirement, right? Inflation, Absolutely. inflation Absolutely. is a big deal. So, uh, but you're saying it can get political. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we're going to go back to, you know, this does cross two administrations. It, it crosses the Trump administration into the Biden administration. Yep. So, we're actually going to talk about going back briefly a little bit further than that. Again, this is not a history lesson or uh, political uh, analysis in any way, but just want to take some time to, to go over some things. And before we do that, obviously, if you like anything you hear today or if you hate anything you hear today, you want to let us know about it, do so. Uh, you can give us a call. We'll flash the number on the website again. And remember to uh, subscribe, like, comment on our uh, Facebook page and our YouTube channel as well. It's youtube.com Brookside Financial and Facebook slash Brookside Tax. And then 440-886-3550 as always. So uh, if we look back to inflation, really we need to look back to, it seems like so long ago, but really let's go back not even three years ago to 2020. And we had the whole economy the whole entire economy of the largest economy in the world was shut down due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Yep. Uh, There's the infamous phrase that we heard over and over again. It's just two weeks, just two weeks to, to flatten the curve. Right. So we're going to shut everything down. And then two weeks from now, we're going to ramp everything right back up and it's going to be like, like nothing ever happened. Uh, We talked about the, the political aspects of this, uh, Donald Trump obviously was president at the time. He was taking advice from the CDC, Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, these people that are medical people, unelected, that didn't have really any say over the economic impacts of things. So we went ahead with this uh, shutdown. And the assumption, uh, kind of, the assumption that was out there was that you cannot have concern for both the economy and for public health at the same time. And I think that really ended up being a really big mistake, a really uh, bad assumption. Yeah. that And that's a tough one. I mean, it is, it is a hard line to walk and they tried to, if, if you try to walk the line or err on way on one side or the other, it's uh you know, it really, it really wreaked havoc with the economy. I mean, that's, that is why we're where we're at. And I think you've, you've pinpointed the starting point right there to our current woes. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, everybody, uh, just as a refresher, everybody that is going to be listening, everybody that we talk to obviously is going to remember this. We had, 
the stay-at-home orders, uh, the quarantines, these things were relatively unprecedented. Uh, and really not even necessarily talking about the work from home people, but the people that flat out lost their jobs that yeah. weren't working anymore. So no bars, no gyms, no restaurants, no, no coffee shops, no uh, concert venues, no movie theaters. Uh, a lot of people were not working as a result of this. Yeah, the whole tourism industry, uh, travel industry. Yeah, for sure. That's a great one. Planes, you know, uh, airlines, uh, things that are staples of of an economy were shut down. By the time it was all said and done, uh, the government had spent $6 trillion to, as basically a substitute for, for working people's paychecks. Yeah. So we ran the, the national debt all the way up to 121% of GDP or gross domestic product. Wow. Just for context, back in the early 80s, uh, we had uh, the national debt was 35% of GDP. And then President Ronald Reagan called that an emergency. 35% of GDP in the national uh, that the national debt was was considered an emergency, and we're now sitting around 121%. Oh, yeah, that's uh, not good. You're not painting a pretty picture this morning, Tony. I, I hate to say it, but but we're not. This is uh, you know this is uh, this is <laughs> this was a lot of of uh, government intervention where, you know, it was kind of self-inflicted for the most part. And it's not to say this, none of this, by the way, is to infer in any way, shape or form that COVID-19 wasn't real, that it wasn't serious, that people didn't get sick and die. They did. It was real. It was contagious. I had it. I believe I had, I know I had it at least once. Uh, I, I know many people that did uh, but again, the, the prevailing thought was that you can't have both concern for public health uh, and, and the economy. So that's kind of when uh, the government intervention kicked in. Yeah. 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 You, you, it's hard to have both. And then they shut down the economy. And then, of course, uh, what did they do? They they spent uh, billions. Yes. Yeah. And right. I mean, they, they did that. You're exactly right. Brings us to trillions. our next point about yeah trillions. Bond buying. Uh, it increases the money supply. So the government went out, uh, they, they bought, they bought bonds and obviously if nobody's working and everything's shut down, spending at this point has plummeted. Uh, and, and we entered a a place of deflation, which is the opposite of inflation where prices go down. So once this deflation occurs, Spending picks back up at some point. Spending is going to pick back up, and we have nowhere to go from there but shoot straight through the roof, which is part of uh, how we see ourselves where yep. we're at right now. Yep, exactly. So that's uh, I notice on the banner you have free money is expensive. Oh, is it ever? So if we look, if we forward to March of 2021, now we still have low inflation real income, and that's uh, income in terms of a gross household income as it relates to inflation, is really at an all-time high. It's about $4.2 trillion. That number is hard to contextualize, but it's it's really at an all-time high. And in March of 21, we sent out 
another round of stimulus checks. Now there was a, an original round of stimulus checks that went out in 2020. Another one came out in March of 2021. And what this did, it started to affect people's, the personal savings rate. So the savings rate is basically a, a rate of, of money that people have in savings as a percentage of their gross income. So our savings rate during this time when nobody's, nobody's really going out and doing anything and people aren't spending money, but they're, they're basically saving money and getting money raises from 9% all the way up to 33%. Oh, so wow. The savings rate practically quadruples. Nobody's really spending anything at first. And then once we get the hang of this stay at home, work at home type thing, we start to spend money on, you know, the online stuff, Pelotons, uh, work out from home, Netflix, things like this to stay home. Home, and home improvement projects just went through the roof during that time. That's yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, so it's more like you said, home centric type of things. And then later on, by the time we got to uh, the end of 2020, we were looking at a savings rate that was back down to around 13%. So I think I said 2021 before I met 2020. So sure. you start off at, at 9% savings rate, go up to 33%. And then once everybody gets the hang of this and they're buying and staying at home, savings rate plummets uh, all the way back down to 13%. Uh, so the, the new presidential administration, the Biden administration that, that comes into office at that point, what do they do? They send more stimulus money out. So they spend more money. And then the savings rate almost doubles from there again. So we're kind of going back and forth. Everybody's getting used to this, uh, you know, stay, stay at home thing, you send out more money. And the, the, the title on the bottom, the free money being expensive if you look at $1 in January of 2020, right now it's only worth 87 cents and that's only over about three years. Wow. Wow. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, the picture doesn't get any rosier as you continue here, Tony. I mean, yeah, well, and I mean, frankly, <laughs> I think a lot of people thought that, you know what, we're going to shut down for two weeks which ended or even two months. I mean, ridiculous. you know, at one point yeah. it's like, okay, next month it's, we're going to kick back in or in two months we're going to kick back in, but it was, it ended up being over a year. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, for the most part, yeah, it was. And I mean, I think in some cases, maybe even longer than that. Our office where I go into the studio, I worked from home for over a year. Our office was closed for over a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's weird not setting foot in your office and seeing your office desk and your stuff there for when I went back the first time, it was weird because it's like, wow, mm -hmm. I used to come here every single day, almost five days a week, at least. Right. And uh, now I'm walking in for the first time in a year and a half or a year. It, it was insane. It really was. And I mean, there was a lot of fear that was being driven as ordinary people. We, people like me and you didn't really know what to expect. We were going based off of what we were hearing. I remember my right. wife and I doing online grocery shopping, going to pick up our groceries and then rubbing each item down with sanitizer, like, like the, the disease was living on a box of cereal or something. It was, it was, it really was just crazy, just strange times. And then of course, yeah. 
uh, lockdowns end, factories get back up and going again, but in no way, shape or form are they equipped to deal with the surge, which is why we, we saw supply chain shortages yeah. um, that, that were really caught. They are still going on really. And short that's staff. a huge part of the inflation problem. Absolutely. Uh, I would assume, right. Didn't that uh, cause inflation as well? All the supply chain issues. I mean, we're still seeing supply chain issues created by the COVID fiasco. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're right. And even, even now with people getting back to work, there's obviously staffing shortages everywhere. Oh, everywhere. And I still think it's not necessarily, it might be, you know, people don't want to work. You had some retirements with people with COVID and frankly, you did have some people that are afraid to go back to work. But I think also that the demand was so pent up that there, the old workforce was just not in any way, shape or form able to uh, overcompensate for it. Yeah, I would agree with that. In fact, everybody, that's another question we could spend a whole other show about. Is this, um, is the problem with, and people can't find enough work. There are not enough employees. And everybody said, I don't get it. Before COVID, we didn't have this problem or we had a problem in certain areas like healthcare, but it wasn't nearly as bad. But over the years, and I think it even started before COVID, but especially after COVID, all of a sudden there's not enough people for the jobs, even the existing jobs. Um, and I've heard a lot of theories. And you're you're right. After COVID, a lot of people, maybe if they were on the cusp or could swing it, said, forget it, I'm going to retire early Absolutely. or I'm retiring, right, instead of going back to work. So that's a few. But I've heard another theory uh, also that contributes to some of it, not all, is that um, let's say you have somebody out there who is working three different jobs. You know, maybe they have a main job, but they have a couple side hustles or to make extra money, the single mom is waitressing at one job and she's an assistant teacher during the day at another. Mm -hmm. And then she does another job. Well, a lot of those people after COVID, you know, they were sitting around at home. They're like, forget it. I'm not going, I'll, I'll just stick to this one job. And so they didn't pick up the second job. So it's really those, especially in the secondary job market. I mean, it's, it's across the board, but you know, that's the area that gets hit the hardest are restaurants and things like that. Without a doubt. Yeah. And uh, a lot of our unemployment numbers that we're seeing now, they, they don't look bad, but a lot of these are people that are coming back to work that are filling their old roles. So right. it's where in the numbers, you are, you know, numbers are, are, are great. They're factual, but you know, in, in, in some ways you got to kind of take a little bit of a, of a deeper look. You have sometimes. to put them in context. Absolutely. You have to contextualize yeah, exactly. it. And, and you're right. I mean, uh, you know, people going back to work and uh, filling their old jobs are, uh, if you look at the employment numbers, you know, that's the politicians are like, look at us unemployment is, you know, it's so low. That's great. You know, we don't have any unemployment. Well, yeah, but uh, dude, the problem is, is we don't have any workers for jobs. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. And I mean, I just this morning and I think we've talked about it before. We're starting to see big companies, a lot of tech companies, obviously, but other companies, too, starting to lay off more people just to help improve their bottom line. Because I think with everything that's gone on, they're starting to see that more more of this it deserves a deeper look you're not quite having the you know the, the company's profits have been great 
but is it sustainable? And I think they're starting to see market going down, housing market going down, interest rates going up, government tightening. They, they could have more rate hikes this year. Uh, these companies are looking at a bottom line and saying we need to cut uh, cut costs. And part of that is cutting the workforce, which yeah. ironically and unfortunately does help bring down inflation. You, nobody wants it. You don't want to see people laid off, but ultimately that's part of, you know, the part of what the Fed is going for here too. Yeah. By ra- keep, they continue to raise interest rates, right? Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and then part of inflation, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, the, the Russia war on Ukraine, the Russia invasion of Ukraine happened about a year ago, last February. I think inflation was well on its way at that point, but that did have something to do with energy. Energy is up more than anything, uh, 40, 41, 42% over that time frame. So I think with Russian imports, that, uh, that certainly added to it. Uh, but that was a smaller piece of the inflation puzzle. It certainly wasn't the only uh, reason or even 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 close to being the biggest reason. But right. I think that at least deserves a mention. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, obviously, the war in Ukraine really affected a lot of things. Uh, again, the supply chain issue and especially for Europe, but also for us. And then Russian energy Um exports uh, that affected the world globally as well and our our economy and inflation here like you said i mean over 40 percent increase in energy costs that's crazy yeah yeah it really is and and i think we started off uh you know you mentioned about the such a positive tone that this that this podcast has oh but, yeah <laughs> it's the, nothing uh, but happy news today for the kids <laughs> right the uh, International Monetary Fund, the IMF. Uh, oh, boy. Here October we go. They're October 2012. Like, it's not that bad. Not that bad. Their October uh, outlook as of October of last year projected that there's more. It's it's going to get worse before it gets better before the end of 2023. But their projection is that we'll be around 4.7% inflation by the end of 2023. Wow. Now, that's that still, would be great. That would be great compared to where we're at right now. That's still double our historic average. So there's a lot more work to be done. Yeah. Um, some people expect it to get worse before it gets better. The market in this in this uh, the market has been ahead of the economy a little bit. So if that's any case, uh, if that's any indicator, uh, you know, there's no getting away from it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from what they say, I mean, the outlook uh, eventually is positive. But again, they say, you know, 2022 was rough, but the 2023 is also might be rough. We might have to weather more of the storm, but uh, they there is a light on the horizon, they say. Yeah. You know, there yeah. is an end in sight, I guess. Absolutely. And, and we talk, you know, this this really if if there's one thing to be taken from this, it's that. Uh, government actions have consequences. When you spend right. that much money, put that much money, our national debt right now is 33 trillion. Six trillion of that has been in the last three years. So that's almost 20% in the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that and expect uh, to not have inflation issues and economic issues and coming on the heels of a government shutdown. So <laughs> that's, that's another one. I mean, and then the debt ceiling, we have this, this affects, affects the debt ceiling a little bit. 
uh, a lot actually. So, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of moving pieces. And I think once you can contextualize some of this, it, it starts to make sense. It's not just headlines on the news. It's right. not just tickers uh, across the bottom line. Like this has a, a place. And I mean, I, I heard the stat last year, which was amazing that the last four presidential administrations, so you have two Democrats, two Republicans, you have uh, Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden. Those administrations combined have outspent every previous administration combined in history, even when you account for uh, the price index changes. So 22, 23 years of spending across four different administrations has outspent every previous administration. And, and that's part of why we're, we're, that's a big part of why we're seeing what we're seeing. Well, sure. Obviously, spending is <clears throat> how we get here, right? Absolutely. You kind of answered that question today. Well, this has been great. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today? No, just, uh, you know, talk to your financial professional. This, it, it, this, these topics, you know, we call the podcast Road to Retirement. You know, these are all just pieces. Like you said before, inflation is a big thing for retirees. The good thing is Social Security's keeping up. You're not really getting a raise, but it's at least keeping up. Um, you know, if you need to, if retirees are out there and they're listening, they need to think of how you can create a portfolio the best weather the effects of inflation. So right. talk to your advisor. If you're not, if you want a second opinion, you talk to us. Uh, I flashed our website and our phone number on the screen again, uh, 440-886-3550. You can visit us online. Uh, check out our videos on our YouTube page and our Facebook channel as well. Uh, we, we have all sorts of content. And again, we do uh, the full range of financial services. We don't just tell you to, hey, we'll take that. We'll take your uh, your retirement account. Go see somebody else about your estate plan or uh, your taxes or whatever. We can handle it all. Yeah, because it all ties together. I mean, your retirement income plan, your your investments, your um, uh, estate plans, your healthcare, medical, Medicare, um, estate planning. Uh, taxes. You have to look at the big picture and that's what you guys do. And you also specialize in each of those areas and have people that are qualified there. Uh, Chris himself is a, not only he's an estate planning attorney and a tax prof licensed tax professional. So yeah, he's the Swiss uh, army knife. He's the Swiss army knife. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we were at that conference with uh, some of the top advisors from all across the country met at this financial conference and here's Chris and uh, really uh, he's one of the only ones there out of the hundreds I talked to uh, that, that actually has worked in all these areas and, and can specialize in, in these areas and not lose focus. He's a pretty sharp guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. And, uh, and you guys do good work there. Not to belittle what you do. You're impressive. I was gonna too, say, sharp, sharp people hire other sharp people too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. So, well, great show today. And uh, again, that number for our listeners, 440-886-3550. If you want to get a plan in place that will deal with future inflation so you don't have to worry about it, that deals with uh, making sure your investments are correct, your estate plan is good, uh, pick up the phone and give Brookside a call, give Tony a call. 
Uh, Tony, great show today. Listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Road to Retirement with our host today, Tony Marlette. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Tony. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Chris Anselmo and Brookside Tax Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.